0: A little bit shorter than these guys, and I will do just a little correction to that. Okay, there. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, There's actually four consecutive bestsellers. The last one is called *The Plains of Passage*. (laughs) I'm going to start out by telling you the story of an experience that I had. This was in 1982. It was my first research trip to Europe because I wanted to see some of the sites of the areas that I was writing about. And of course, one of the most spectacular and phenomenal things about these very first modern humans in Europe was that they were the ones who invented art. And we know that because we still have some remnant of it in the painted caves of southwestern France. I uh, was on a research trip, and and it took me to France and Austria and Czechoslovakia and Russia in about six weeks. But near the beginning of it in southwest France, we got special permission to go into the original cave. There is a second cave. There is a replica that was made very well for that most people get to see. But we got permission to go into the original cave, and they allow only five people a day for no more than 35 minutes. Uh, only six days a week, and they close it down one month of the year. So it's a very restricted place to go and see. I can remember going to this cave, and they had originally, after they found it, they had originally planned on having more tourists in the place, and so they had built kind of a, these cement stairs going down to it. It's, this is Lascaux Cave. And it is not in a wall in a mountain. It is sort of in a mound, and you go down into it. It's a limestone cave in the ground. And I can remember we walked down these cement steps, and we went through an iron door, closed it behind us, and they opened a second iron door, closed that one behind us. We were now in a sort of a little waiting room, and there was this uh, water thing, it wasn't water, it was a mixture of antibiotics and formaldehyde because the reason they had to close down the original is that there was various kinds of contamination that were affecting these paintings. So this was to help protect it. And then we went through a third door and then we went through a slight passageway and it was very dim and your eyes are just getting accustomed now to being in the dark. And because it's dark, you tend to watch your footing and i was walking down this ramp toward this what was uh, what's considered the main hall and i wasn't really paying attention to what was on the wall and i can excuse me i was walking down this ramp and there was a railing there to hold onto and finally i looked up and i went when I started to breathe, I was crying, (laughs) sorry. This afternoon we saw some of the most beautiful places in this park. This was a cathedral, this cave. There are horses, there are deer, there are, are cattle. They call this first place the Hall of the Bulls. I think it's really the Hall of the Cows, but that's all right. Um, Most of the horses seem to be pregnant. These are not stick figures. These are not uh, highly stylized pictographs as the kind you see here. What you really see are are the kind of art that was first done by the people who invented it. And it's, the, it's so realistic and it's so beautiful and because it could stand alone as a work of art today, that stand, stand it against any artist you know. And they use perspective and they use color. They used red ochre and black manganese dioxide and yellow ochres, many, many different colors. And it was such an — and it's not only the art, because it, it fits. And what they have also done is that they have utilized the bumps and the dips in the cave walls to add perspective. So if there is a, a convex area, they might make that the jawline or the, or the belly. They're different sizes. They're not settings as we tend to look at paintings. One of the animals is a cow that's 13 feet long. It might be horses, kind of running, smaller ones underneath. Some of them are painted on top of other ones. We don't quite know what they were doing, but I can identify more strongly with that art that dates back. Well, technically, they're saying they were saying 17,000 years ago. Now, with the recalibration of the carbon-14 dates, it's at least 20,000 years ago. But that's based upon some of the charcoal that was found in some lamps that they used. What they used to paint for light in this cave was an oil like tallow, you know, rendered animal fat, and a little wick, and it has a candle power of, you know, of a certain amount. You get enough of them in a cave and you can see. And then, of course, they don't leave any black marks from soot on the wall. This may be as long as, as old as 25,000 years old. That's 250 centuries ago. That's, I mean, King Tut was 3,600. This is 25,000 years ago. And that was a marvelous and absolutely overwhelming experience for me. And I would never have had it if I hadn't started writing. And I didn't start writing until I was 40 years old. So I guess my biggest advice to you, I could give you a, a little history, if I can do it in a thumbnail, of all of the things that I did. I was born in Chicago. I got married when I was 18. I had five children before I was 25 years old. I started going to college, night school, when I was 28. I also started working full-time at an electronics company, and I thought I wanted to major in physics. So I took math. I took bonehead math and college algebra and differential all the way up through differential equations. I took some physics and I realized after a while that I wasn't going to be able to become a physicist going to night school and taking one or two classes a term, especially since I was working full time and raising five kids. But it did get me over whatever it is that gives some people a fear of science and math. I then got into management training and I got into an MBA program, so I don't actually have a bachelor's degree, but I did it through testing and I, got into, I, haven't, I haven't, uh, got into an MBA program. It took me four years of night school to get through it. And it was actually shortly after I was 40 years old that I got this MBA. At that time, I was a credit manager at the company. I had worked up through management training. And suddenly I quit my job. And I thought I was really looking for some other job in business. But I found myself spinning wheels. Did I really want to do this? I thought I did. I had worked very hard to get to that place. And at that time, it was an interesting time because I had been going to school and doing homework and raising kids and working full time and doing all of these kinds of things. And suddenly, I got my degree. There wasn't any reason to go to school, no more homework. I had now three daughters in college, one son in, um, in high school, and uh, Uh, Two sons in high school, one getting ready to go to college, and I'm going to hurry and close this up. But in any case, I found myself in a free-floating space, and suddenly I got an idea for a story. And it was the story of a young woman living with people who were different, who were... And I knew I was thinking prehistory, but I haven't the faintest idea why. I just know that it got me into reading, it got me into the research, and the research got my imagination all fired up, and the next thing I knew, I was this short story idea I had, it turned into a novel, and then I wrote out that first rough draft, and it was in six parts, and that became the outline for a six-book series. And I've got two more to go, and I am working on the fifth one, for those of you who want to know, and I don't know when it'll be out, because I'm still working on it. I guess the only thing that I want to tell you is the same thing that you've heard. My advice for success is to get as broad an education as you can. Try anything that interests you. Go for it. Don't be afraid to give up on something if it doesn't interest you. Follow your heart. Follow your gut. Follow your intuition. When you find what you love, do it. Whatever you do, give it everything. Give it your best, and the rest will follow. And when that special moment comes, whether you call it luck or fate or chance, when that unanticipated moment happens, then you'll be ready for it. And if, for some reason, that unique moment should never happen to you, and it doesn't happen to everybody, if you are doing what you love and you are good at it, then you are already more successful than most people in this life will ever be. Thank you.